Hey, welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. And uh, back by popular demand, we have part two with, with Chris Jenkins. I've always thought this is fascinating. What happens after the greatest moment of your life? Right? And if you listen to part one, it's amazing. You know, uh, the, the establishment of culture at Villanova. How do they do it? And the use of the word attitude. If you, if you missed it, you should go back and listen. That previous episode is fantastic. We'll, we'll put it out there on social media as well. Chris Jenkins continued to join me. And in this episode, we discussed, um, okay, you make the biggest shot in college basketball, at least history. Why didn't you parlay it into the pros? And what was it like that very next year when you didn't bring everybody back, right? You lose Ryan Archdiacono, right? But uh, you did have an incredible club and you had a chance at a back-to-back national title and you actually won not only the Big East, but the Big East tournament. Like there's a lot, but we only remember that last loss. What was it like to try and run it back? Why didn't it work out? And what now? Um, Let's get into it all. Here's part two with Chris Jenkins. So you get, so now you've had the great game on the biggest stage. You make the biggest shot, arguably in the history of the sport. Right. So everybody says like, bro, you got to go pro. You got to, you know, you got to leave. What what was the conversation with Jay like? What's the conversation with your family like? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was never really no conversation to to turn pro at that time. You know, everybody would say like, yo, you should leave. There's nothing else you could do. You could accomplish. But you know, it, it was definitely very important to my family and my uncle, who who was a college dropout. Like, so it was important for them that I got my degree. Like they told me that all the time. Like they that was something that they'd be extremely proud of. So I always held that in the back of my mind and. Obviously, if I'm not going to be a for sure first round pick, then what's the point? So going back to school is kind of kind of easy decision in a sense. Year, years later, it was. Do you, do you have any regrets over not leaving? Uh, I wouldn't say I have any regrets. No, just because of the people that I was around um, doing it here, at, doing it at Villanova around those people with Coach Wright, the coaching staff. You know, my teammates, that was another year for me to be around those guys and build that relationship that we have, you know, a lifetime, lifelong friendship, brotherhood. So I, I definitely don't regret it. Um, I don't regret anything that, that's come my way. It's, it's just all a part of my story and my race. And, you know, like I said, I don't compare my life or my story or my race to anyone. I just run it um, how God's at, uh, showing me. And I just take my lumps and my bruises and I keep it pushing. So you, you guys come back, you and Josh together as seniors, right? Just like you came in. Now you got, you got Dante, you got Eric, Eric who had been sitting out cause of transfer. Right. And you still, and you got Mikhail, you got still have dudes, but you were the guy that made the shot. What's life like from that point until your senior season, every, everywhere you like, is it literally everywhere you go it, it, that, that people talk about it? Yeah, so that that was that was definitely crazy. That was a part of it that I kind of wasn't expecting or ready for. Just the notoriety that that would come along with it. Um, just being out with my family or being out with my teammates or even being alone and just you know have random people come up and tap you on the shoulder, um, tell you what they were doing when they when you made the shot or you know where they were 
things like that. So uh, taking pictures, signing autographs and, you know, just things like that. The whole Villanova community, uh, it was just it just turned up a, a notch a little bit on me. And, you know, it was something that I appreciate. I appreciate it. You know, people wanted to come take pictures, um, ask me for my autograph and, you know, ask me to say something to their kids about, you know, what it means to work hard or to be a part of a team or to not get too down on yourself, things like that. So, you know, I always want to give back and I always want to help because I felt like so many people helped me. So it's all how, how, was there anybody who had to check? Was there a moment somebody had to check you? Be like, yo, man, like get a little too, a little too. I know you hit the big shot and I know you're the, everybody's uh, <laughs> all American, but you got to check yourself a little bit. Uh, I, for the most part, I feel like I was always the same. Uh, I always accepted that tough coaching, um, you know, that uncomfortable confrontation. I don't think I was somebody that I wasn't. I always took pride in that. I always took pride in, you know, I could be Hollywood and everybody would kind of understand it, but that's just not who I am. I've never been that guy. I've always been a guy that's underdog, under the radar, got to get it out the mud. So, you know, we're not going to let one shot, even though it was a crazy shot, we're not going to let that one shot just change our whole outlook. You guys all come back. And you're rolling, you're rolling. But is it is it harder to get there, or is it harder to stay there? Right? Like everybody talks about how hard the journey is to get there, but in all honesty, like it's the old with Shakespeare, heavy as the head that wears the crown. You know, now you're defending national champions. You're the guy who hit the big shot. Josh is coming back, Big East Player of the Year. Um, how 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 difficult is it when you're the defending champion? You're carrying that crown every game you go and play. You honestly, we were kind of prepared for that in a sense because, you know, the older guys had done a, a great job in, you know, taking the program to two new heights. So we felt like um, but even before that season, every game that we played, we were the, the, that team's championship. So we just took that mindset into our senior year like, okay, we're going to be everyone's Super Bowl for sure now. Like before, it might have been, uh, sometimes here or there, but now we know for sure. So we were able to take that mindset and lock in and, and compete at a high level that season. What's, what's interesting is the end of that year, you did, it's like the opposite of the year of the year before. This is like kind of right where you, this year you won the big East championship and then you lost in the, in the second round, you know? So you, you accomplished a goal that you guys had the year previous year and win the biggest championship, but then you kind of reverted back. What's, and what's what I think is the cruelest part of the NCAA tournament is that so oftentimes you can have a better year than the year you went to a final four, but because you didn't go to a final four, people don't think you had a great year. Like you guys won the big East, won the big East tournament, you know, and you're defending champions and you played as well that, that year. I mean, Butler was your nemesis, right? That was the only mm-hmm. team that could, they got you twice, but it, it's interesting. Like I could make the case that you're, your senior year, you guys were ever bit as good as your junior. Totally different, obviously, without Daniel and without Arch. Different team. But because you didn't get to the Final Four, let alone win a championship, people dismiss it as a disappointing season. Fair? No, that, that that's very fair. And and that's why Coach Wright, he does a good job in telling us, like, you know what? Like, uh, you, can't, you can't listen to the out, outside world all the time, you know? You can't let them try to tell you what's right all the time because – you know, you know, having having put in work numerous times throughout college seasons that, you know, to do what we were doing through those four years, it was not it wouldn't be easy for anyone at any level um, at any university. So don't take it for granted. 
and and accept that you guys did this and it's something that you should be proud of. And that's just how we carried it. Like, yeah, we may not win a national championship every year, but there's only one team that does. And you can't tell me that all the other teams were failures just because that one, you know, had a good run at the end of their season. You didn't play great against Wisconsin. Um, uh, Daryl didn't play great against Wisconsin. McHale didn't play great against Wisconsin. And you guys end up losing, losing by three. What do you remember about that game? Well, I mean, it was just a tough, grinded-out game, and, you know, they, they, they got us at the end. Um, you just got to tip your hat to them because, like I said, you, you know playing, at, playing basketball and stuff. Like, sometimes the, the other team just gets you. Like, there's, there's nothing bad about what you did. They just did something extra. At the it, end. It, it's also some of, the, some of the things that they do are some of the things that you guys do, right? Like, their guards right. post and their bigs shoot. And so a lot of it comes down to kind of matchups and then it be kind of became a shooter's game and you guys just didn't shoot well. And, you know, when it's in the, it's in the sixties, you know, now it's harder to, every possession becomes magnified. Yeah. And I mean, it was just one of those games that, you know, we didn't shoot well, but those are the games that you come to Nova and you learn to be a part of like, okay, we're not shooting well. Let's try to grind it out. And then we just fell short that day. That, that's all. What do you remember about the locker room after the game? Um, I mean, obviously everyone's upset, you know, disappointed, you know, because we want to win. We want to win every game. But, you know, at that point it was just, all right, you guys make sure you, you, you know what to do going into next year for the, for the next time you guys step out there because, you know, this is it for Josh Darrell and I. But the guys that are coming back, remember this feeling because it sucks and make sure that you take this into the next time that y'all step out there. Um, in a Villanova uniform. So now your career is done at, in college. Right. What it is, was Jay advising you? Like, wh- what's the process like when you were getting ready for, for professional basketball? Um, yeah, so I, I listened to Coach Wright a little bit, but I was kind of Villanova burnt out at the time. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to get away, um, which was a mistake looking back on it. I should have just stayed and logged in a little more. But I think that's, I actually think that's very normal and honest of you to say, right? Yeah. Because, because you get done and you're like, man, I'm, I'm good. I got want to do my own thing, but I'm there's right. But then there's the power of the brand. And so did you, instead of training there, where'd you go train? Um, so I ended up training a little bit at home and then I ended up coming back and just training at Nova for a little bit too. Cause I realized like, you know what, maybe I should have been doing this, uh, from jump street. So I ended up coming back and training a little bit at Nova as well. So uh, why why not go overseas to begin with? Why go to why go to the G? Um, honestly, just to try it out to give myself that experience to give myself that chance. Um, I never, I always knew that I like going overseas. I I would always want to do that, but the G League was something that. You know, somebody else kind of told me about and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll give it a try. It's worth it. Here's the problem with going over guys in the G League. It's the antithesis of everything that you guys have been taught for four years. Okay, <laughs> Like you can't come from a program where it's all about us and team and attitude. And together. that doesn't mean it, it. like I'm not trying to be unfair and say that it means that dudes in the G League have have an attitude. But it's a I look, I played minor league basketball. I played the USBL, the ABA, the IBA. I got cut the day before the season started in the CBA. It was right when the D League started. But I can tell you unequivocally, every 
a team I ever played on in the minor leagues, nobody wanted to be on that team. Right. No, yeah. one, you definitely didn't want to be there like two years in a row, like no shot. Whereas in college, the only thing it's about is the team and each other. Right. It's a very, so what was that transition like for you? Because again, you come from a place where it's about attitude and together and working. Now there's a, there's a work ethic and dudes put in the work and, and those are the guys that usually see the most success, but to go to an environment where from the broadcasters to the coaches, to the general manager, to the players, everyone wants to be in a different team. What was that like for you? And that was definitely different. So uh, like we said, I, I'm coming from somewhere for the past four years where it was one family all together on one page, one accord um, to go to the G League, where it's basically, you know, fend for yourself in a sense. Um, it was definitely eye opening, but it also showed me how to carry the business, the business side of professional sports, because at the end of the day, whether your feelings in it or not, it's a business and the business will continue. When you went to the national championship game the next year to watch Nate play, mm-hmm. what, what's the experience like from the other side when you're sitting there watching your brother play and, and you just experienced the year before, what's that experience like? I mean, you're just, you're just hoping that he gets the chance to experience what you did. Um, you, you want him to win because you can't win. So all you, all you're doing is cheering from the side for your brother. Because before, you know, any of this, that's what we were and that's what we'll always be. So just cheering for him, just just proud that he was able to they were able to get back to that point because, you know, I'm pretty sure that was tough on them all season, losing the way that they lost and then, you know, fighting to get back to that point. So I was just proud and happy and just hoping that they would win. And, uh, you know, that that came true. You got a chance to play in Germany. Was that year three you played in Germany? Yeah. Germany. I had a lot of fun playing in Germany. So Germany was where I got hurt and then COVID hit. But my time in Germany was was fun, man. It was uh, I was out the country by myself for the first time and, uh, you know, had, had had some good change in my pocket. So, I, you know, I, I was I was living that life where that you dream of as a kid. Like, you know, I want to play professional. I want to make a living for myself, you know. Coming from where I came from, I, I didn't want to be a bum. I didn't want to be somebody that, you know, I, I saw a lot of people growing up that, you know, live with their mom till they were 40 and things like that. So my mom, you know, growing up, our thing was like, look, she was like, you can't come back to my couch. So I kept that mindset. So when I got to Germany, it just felt so good to have something of my own, knowing that, you know, I don't have to go back to my mom's couch. I can help her buy her couch and then some. So it's a... Uh Bremerhaven? Is that how it's, how it's pronounced? Bremerhaven, yep. Bremerhaven. So yep. Bremerhaven is on the, like, the northern coast mm-hmm. of, of Germany. Did you, did you have one bedroom apartment, studio? What did they set you up with? Yeah, yeah. So I had a two bedroom apartment. <laughs> I had a two bedroom apartment. So somebody could come over and stay, whatever, when your boys yeah, yeah, come over and stay. I had a car. You know, they gave us what a kind? car. What kind? Oh man, I forgot. It was, I forgot the company that the team partnered with, but we all, all of us had nice cars. <laughs> it, it, it was great. <laughs> now, did you, um, and, and I'd also think though, that playing in Germany, every country is different, but that's mm-hmm. a lot more like how it was at Nova, right? Where it is playing in Europe is a lot more like being a part of a team. What was your coach like? Uh, no, nah, my, my coach was good, man. My coach was cool. Arna. And, um, he, uh, 
like you say, he was all about the team, whatever it took to win. He didn't care about no set lineups. All he was about was trying to win. And I, I respected that to the fullest. And I appreciated my time there before I got hurt. But I definitely, I, that's something that I'm, I'm cherishing. And then hopefully in the next couple of months, I get back to. <laughs> what, what, uh, what, what was the, where'd you get hurt? What, in a game or in practice? Yeah, I got hurt. I got hurt in a game. And it was kind of one of them things where I kept, I kept playing because I didn't think it was as bad as it was. And, you know, my hip, it turned out to be a lot worse than what it was. So, you know, when I came home, started rehabbing and doing a little bit of stuff. And then that's when COVID hit. But then it gave me a little extra time to to work on my body because I ended up hurting something else in addition to my hip. So, yeah, so was it, it was it was it the labrum? Is that what you heard on the hip? No, nah, no, nah, it wasn't the label. It wasn't the label. My mine was more so like on the bones and, and stuff for that nature. So I didn't, I didn't need surgery or anything like that. Just countless hours of rehab and working out, which was probably one of the more mentally challenging things I've ever experienced in my life. Because you're not part of a team, right? Right. You know, right. When you're by yourself, you got to push yourself through workouts and push yourself. And like, what am I? What am I pushing myself for? Like, this, exactly. who's gonna know if I? Who's gonna know if I skip today? Nobody's going to run me if I skip to that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's just nothing if I don't do it. Yeah. So that's that That was definitely um, something that was extremely, extremely tough on me mentally. Um, and it took me a minute to get myself out of a little funk. But How'd you do it? How'd you pull out of the funk? Um, just constantly having positive people in my ear. Constantly making sure that I showed up to the gym because it was a lot of positive energy around the people in the gym that was also working out bettering themselves so that's something that really really helped me out a lot just like yo even if you don't want to go even if you hurting just get up and go to the gym and then i promise you everything will change so just the people around me and and just trying to have a positive outlook i try to look at the glass half full instead of empty fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. So now what? So, so now you've had you had these injuries, you had COVID, you had you know multiple injuries in your body. Take me mm-hmm. through your mindset into what you want to do in terms of making money. I mean, so obviously I, I still plan on playing. So sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'm looking to get up out of here and go back overseas, you know, wherever it may be. I'm not so gone. I've been talking with you know, a couple agents talking to Coach Wright, and I've been working out a lot with Pat Chambers at LaSalle University, um, who used to be the head coach at Penn State. Penn State, you know? yeah. He's now an assistant at LaSalle with uh, Ashley Howard. So I go up there and I train, and I've been speaking with them. So sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'll be getting up out there to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. We'll be narrowing it down. Well, you told me you had an announcement. I didn't know if it was an announcement of where you're going to play. Oh no 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 no! We didn't we didn't narrow it down to to one specific place yet. But uh, when I do, I'll make sure that I, I shoot you a phone call just to let you know because I appreciate it. So yeah. so okay, what countries? Give me the countries. Um, so may, I think we might have mentioned Colombia. Might have mentioned somewhere in the DR. They didn't might have mentioned somewhere in Spain. So, like I said, it's one of those things where it's kind of like we'll we'll see as the the weeks narrow down, and um, making sure that 
not only my body is right, but mentally I'm ready to go over there and, and put the work in because that's a whole new journey from the journey that I had rehabbing injuries and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating, really, because there's so much good about the culture of Nova, but in some ways it sets you up for success in life because everybody's always going to want to work with you guys. Everybody's going to want you on your team, but it, it does can make it harder because most people weren't from a program that's wired that way. Right. They don't, if you say attitude, like, you know, I do like, yo, what, what? Like <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I don't need, when you're trying to, to build that. So it's, it's, and then now you got to do all this stuff on your own. You got to fly right. to a country. You got to assimilate to their culture. Like that's, that's really, really, really hard. And then there's the, the COVID element to it. So what's the market like now with things, at least stateside, starting to get shut down again? Yeah, see, so I, I believe, like, obviously you have to be vaccinated, I believe, and, and to be able to play in certain countries. But I possess one skill set that will allow you to always get a shoot little. Shoot that basketball. You can shoot the ball. <laughs> So when you can shoot, there's always a job for you somewhere. Um, how many? So how how many shots a day? Honestly, I, I shoot till I feel like I, I accomplished something. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'll give myself a number, but if I make 25 and I don't like how that 25 felt, I'm gonna redo it. So it's kind of it's kind of how I'm feeling at the time. You like two short workouts or do you like getting in there and getting like, you know, until your body gives up, like what's your, your, men, your, your mental routine in terms of, because I think some, sometimes it's better off to break it up, right? right. To do a little, especially if you have time and that's all you do that way you are fresh, but some dudes like to go in there and just get after it for a couple hours to kill themselves and then spend the rest of the day and get away from it. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of both. So I'll do I'll do some weight training, some weightlifting, and then I'll shoot. And depending on how hard or how crazy the, the weightlifting training was, that'll kind of dictate how long I'll go in the shooting workout. And then as I always double back and whether it's I'll do something, you know, another 35, 40 minutes on my body or another 40, 45 minutes on the court shooting. So it's kind I kind of take it day by day, like you said, just kind of filling out how my body is and listening to the, the physical physical therapy trainers and also coach chambers and you know the people that are actually seeing me work out on the court um nfts you have any idea what they really are i do have a sense of what nfts are and i'm, I'm so happy that you that you brought that up because with all this this free time um, with my injury and the villanova network and the fan base and just the, the whole alumni, I, I was able to create a one-on-one NFT, which is going to be live. Um, you're able to be live on OpenSea right now. And um, with the experience, I'm, I'm also tagging along two tickets to the national championship. Um, and I'm also including my, my game one national championship shoes. No, 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 no. I do, I told you get, get replicas. Hold on to that stuff. What, what, what kind of shoes are they? Um, they Kyrie twos. Okay, Kyrie twos. Nice. Yeah. So now, uh, now, okay. So, so did, is that the only game you wore them in? Because, because I remember when guys get to the final four, Nike sends you all new gear. Were those yeah. did you only wear two games, or did you wear those all year? Like, what what were you like with shoes? I, I wore. I had wore those a couple of times. I didn't wear them as much as you would think. 
being that they're Kyrie twos and we're a Nike Elite school, but I, I had worn them a couple times throughout the tournament. And like you said, Nike did laces, but I was kind of in that mode like, man, I'm going to just wear the shoes that I've been wearing where I've been playing well. I'm not about to switch it up. <laughs> no, because they get, send you that new gear. Like, I used to, I would, I would give away any shoes that we lost in. And oh, I didn't do it at Notre Dame. We lost too much. I was Notre Dame my first year. We lost eight <laughs> games, so I couldn't do that. I'd run through them all the time. But Oklahoma State, like it was, it was. I I ran through shoes. My junior year, we were actually really good, but we went through a bad stretch. And it was you go take a look. There's a different pair every time we we lost. And it was getting it was getting ridiculous at one point. Um, <laughs> no, okay, so, so an NFT. What? what? Were y'all Nike? Yeah. So when, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Y'all was getting laced too. So I know the well, people that it was, I mean, and look, Coach Sutton was cool, man. He was like, like Desmond Mason was our best player. And so Desmond got, he got whatever he wanted. And like, he just tell the guys what you want. Desmond gets what you want. <laughs> and then dudes that didn't play, they got the team shoes and everybody else. Cause you know, they send you those team shoes start the year and nobody likes the team shoes. Nobody. Like, yeah. They're always, nobody. Like, they're always like mid tops. They're kind of heavy. Like ah. brand new in the locker. <laughs> yeah, you use them for pictures, and that's about it. And then the guys that can play are like, yo, man, hook me up. Now, the other thing that's changed is <laughs> we used to for the postseason, we get new shorts because they'd start to creep up on you by the end of the year. But now they all want the shorts short, right? <laughs> yeah, they all want the tiny ones. <laughs> yes. That that is that is crazy. We fought now they they my era they got kind of out of control and super long. Like Kareem <laughs> Reed used to wear a dress in Arkansas. But but I don't I don't like this trend. I I I liked I like that nine inch inseam a lot more than five yeah, inch. Trust me, I, I don't, I'm not with the the thigh high shorts on the basketball court neither. Like that, we got to figure something else out. We got to they got to make a rule where the shorts got to be a certain length. <laughs> and this is like this is like the super tight uh, jeans that dudes wear halfway down their ass. Like that's a trend. I'm gonna just sit this one out, and I'm gonna wait until it comes because all the trends come back around, right? Like eventually right. baggy will be back in and I'll be, I'll be straight. All my old gear will work. I'm going <laughs> to skip the thigh high short thing. So, but an, so an NFT is a, it's a digital piece of artwork, right? Right. But it, okay. So what is the artwork? What your NFT is that your shot? Like what is the, what is yeah, the, so the artwork? artwork is a, is a painting that we had created by uh, a nice creative designer by the name of Mary Ellen and Mary Ellen, she's worked on numerous thing projects for Disney's as far as like soundtrack covers and um, just movie things that she's drawn up. So we, we work in partner with her and uh, it, the NFT came out great. But what people really don't know is I want, as I want to continue to make this experience about everybody. So uh, coming up in February, around February 12th, we're going to drop an NFT collection for, for not just, it won't be just one thing. It'll be a couple of things. And um, some of the proceeds will, will, uh, will go to the Withiam College Watch Party, which is a charity networking event um, for here, uh, here helping the, the Ronald McDonald houses in Philadelphia and coaches for cancer. So we, we got some things in the works. Um, this is something that we've been planning for a minute. And this is part of the way that we kind of want to, get get our nft stuff out there but more importantly give back because like i said i felt like so many people have given to me throughout my life whether it be just words of wisdom um 
or just, you know, taking time out of their day to spend some time with me. Just like I said, I never took any of those things for granted. I remember being a young kid at the University of South Carolina and, you know, things were a little tough at home at the time. And Trey Kelly was a star point guard at South Carolina. And he took some time after a game to come up uh, where me and my father were. And he, he just spoke for, with me for about 15, 20 minutes just about life and, you know, how you, you can't, like kind of like attitude you can't control the thing that happened to you You can only control how you respond and your outlook on things um because he kind of had a tough upbringing as well so like i said i always want to find a way to give back and this nft collection partnering up with uh with them college uh watch party to help out the ronald mcdonald houses and coaches for cancer uh it was a no-brainer when the partnership opportunity came about it's interesting because um you you are so you're gracious with your time, honestly, with your, your name, image and likeness. Really, that's what this is about. So right. I, so straight up, I've always felt like what you're able to benefit from for now until the day you die is the way it should work. Right. You accomplish something amazing. And so you should benefit from it now, which is all college students. The, the problem with the name, image and likeness as it's being used when this was kind of predictable. Right. Is guys are now getting looped just to go to a school before they do anything. Right. Right. And so what happens is we get cast as, Oh, you're a hater. Cause you don't want guys getting paid. Like, no, that ain't it. Like it. I, it, the, the idea to me is like, if you accomplish something and everybody else is going to benefit from, well, then you should, you earn it. You should benefit from it. Right. You should be able to use those moments. Um, on the other hand, we both know that there's some guys that come in and they don't have pot to piss in or when to throw it out of, and they need, a little extra help. So how, how do you, I, I guess the first question is, can, do you think Villanova can be Villanova if dudes were getting paid before they, you know, while they played or even before they ever played? Like it, it strikes me as a place where that, that goes counter to most of the things in the culture. Yeah. See, that's, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough thing to tackle right there. And that's something that I'm pretty sure coach Wright and, uh, and the coaching staff they're struggling with, because like you said, Villanova is a place where you have to come put the work in first before you kind of reap the rewards or the benefits of, of other things. Um, but it, this is kind of one of those things where you either keep up with the times or you get left behind. In a I know it's a, it's a hard one. It's like, you can have, you can have yeah. morals and, and, and ways in which you want to do it. On the other hand, like, you got some at some point, sometimes you got to get dudes. And if an a, a equal school is offering the type of money where it takes care of people at home, it takes care of you like it's a hard thing to turn down. Yeah, yeah. Like like you said, it's there's some guys who come in with situations who are less than ideal and it's going to be extremely, extremely hard to get them to turn down whatever money has been offered to them compared to a school that's telling them to just trust them and they'll be taken care of. You know, like it, that's a lot of 17, 18 year old kids not trying to hear that. Okay. But, but so, but, but like, look, so you're a grown man and you've experienced the system, you've experienced the culture, you've experienced success. And what someone would tell you be like, yo man, look, that school. And we, we both know this when you, when Villanova wins the national championship, enrollment goes up, Everybody gets more money. The school makes more money. And they're like, well, Chris didn't make, didn't make anything. Okay. My pushback would be, yeah, well, Chris can make money now on everything that he accomplished forever. He's that guy. Okay. But again, I'm not you. I didn't experience what you did and I don't know how. So if I'm going to put you in charge 
and say, Chris, you've lived this life. Okay? You went four years to a college. You went to uh, four NCAA tournaments, won a national championship. You had the game-winning shot. Okay, What would be the, the best system where you can both make sure your kids reap benefits from their successes, but also you're allowed to, you're able to culture build the way that you guys culture built it at Villanova. Man, that's, that's, that's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. And um, I think the first thing that I would probably tell the, the young man or the young lady who's trying to benefit from their name, image and likeness would be um, well. the first step of order is you have to, you kind of have to put the work in, like you have to put yourself in positions to where you can benefit from your name, image, and likeness. Um, everybody is not going to be fortunate enough to be uh, Bryce Young, the the quarterback for Alabama. Alabama. You could be a freshman and get, you know what I mean, millions of dollars, name, image, and likeness before the season starts. Those are rare cases. You need to You need to humble yourself and realize, like, okay, that may not be my route right now. But I come here, I work hard, I put myself in position, I play well, I put myself in position to where I could benefit from my name, image, and likeness. And instead of just coming somewhere expecting uh, the red carpet right away, because that's not reality. What about transferring? So you guys, when Eric transferred in, he sat out. I think that that made him a pro, right? Personally, right? You guys have had a, you guys have a program where you guys redshirted guys. But now with the transfer portal and the ability to transfer and not sit out, like I, I will just tell you like straight up right now. Like when I, I, I had to leave Notre Dame because I got in trouble, right? But I was thinking about leaving anyway. And then I was like, ah, when I was at Oklahoma State, I got benched my junior year. If I could have transferred and not sat out an additional time, like I was probably at, just in that moment, in that moment, I'll never forget. We fly to Omaha, take on Creighton. My dad had coached with coach at Creighton. 35 years before. So they mm-hmm. honor his team at halftime, whatever. And I'm in the doghouse because I got thrown out of a UCLA game. Right. I'm coming off the bench is bad. And I'm, I just, I hate everybody. You know, it's like, you know, you're Villanova it out. I was Oklahoma state out. This is midpoint of my second year there. I didn't sit out there. I sat, I sat out at a junior college. So I've only been there a year and a half, but mm-hmm. they don't like me and I don't like them. And I'm in the doghouse. If I could transfer at that moment and not sit out like deuces, right. Right. Um, and it would have been the biggest mistake I'd ever made because I worked through it. And by the end of the year, I was, I was back and it, everything was great. Um, your, after your sophomore year, you didn't know if you were good enough. You weren't playing as much as you wanted. You, it took a lot of faith. I, I don't know what it would have been like if you wouldn't have been able to sit out a year. Like we all kind of look back and, um, but that's a hard one. Like, how do you, how do you have guys sit or red shirt, knowing that all it takes is one coach to say, Hey man, like you come here, you play right away. Like we had a dude leave or go down. How do you manage that? Knowing that everybody in society is trying to push these kids to have freedom to move. And yet it's really hard to build a team and to teach kids about putting in the work and, and improvement. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. You kind of got to take the good with the bad in a sense. Like this is kind of one of those things that just comes with it. Um, I know people may not like it, but I, people don't like when college coaches get new jobs and leave after they recruited a, a certain amount of kids to come to their school. 
Um, so it, it, it kind of can go both ways. Like I know, I know numerous situations where a uh, college coach recruited a kid somewhere and that coach ended up leaving before the first day of school, the kid, the kids are getting ready to come to campus and the coach because he took another job. It is, it, it, you got it. It just comes with it. Like there's always going to be some stuff that we don't like that comes with change and, People ask for uh, student athletes to get paid in a sense for so long, and rightfully so, in a sense that you got to take some of the the negative things that come with it. Jay just won his what five hundredth game last night. At the time. Okay, yeah. so having lived it, the good, the bad, everything in between, what's made him him? What's made him so successful? I think it's I think it's easy it's easier for a coach to get his players to buy in and listen and be a part of something bigger than themselves. When one, they see the coach is dialed in, but more importantly that he really, really cares about you because as a, you know, as an athlete, you but feel- how does he show, how does he show you that he cared? Like how did, for you personally, how did you know that he actually cared about you? Um, just just by the conversations that we would have, asking me how I'm doing, um, asking me about my mom, telling me about the private conversations he's had with my mom about me that I didn't even know about at the time. Um, so that lets me know, like, dang, this man checking on my, my family. Like, you know what I mean? Me and him, we just got into a shower match 20 minutes ago, and now he's telling me about how, you know what I'm saying, he spoke with my family and he loves them. You know, so it's just little things like that. Just always, he's always thinking about what can I do for my players while he while while we were in school. And he lets you yell, he he lets you yell back at him. I mean, it's not necessarily yell back, but if it's something that I don't agree with, I can say like, I mean, what you mean? I I didn't see that. Like, you got to explain that, and he'd be like, all right, da 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 da, da and then go 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 about it um, because I'm not a disrespectful kid like even if it's something that I understand, I understand but like they're, they're, dudes get heated right heated I, do, get heated. It, I mean it happens like like you know it happens and you know you brush it off or you handle it in the moment and then move on or you handle it after practice or whatever um, dudes get kicked out of practice like all, all these things happen so when you when he kicks guys out of practice okay so when right. our our when I was in Nobody got kicked out of Notre Dame, I don't think. Maybe they, they just sent you to the locker room. At Oklahoma State, he'd have you either go walk the steps. You count those steps. I know exactly how many there are. <laughs> you go home. I'm done with you for the day. And, like, but we, when they said go home, you had to go in the locker room, and you are supposed to wait, and one of the assistants would come and talk to you, be like, yo, man, Coach loves you. He just wants the best from you, whatever. Then you go out, and he'd maybe make you run the steps then or maybe make you run, and then you hop out and drills. Or maybe they tell you just go home for the day. We're good or whatever. Right. At, at Nova, at Nova, what was it like when you get kicked out of practice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if Coach kicked you out of practice, you was definitely done for the day. <laughs> there ain't no run the steps or go sit in the locker room. It's – Hey man, I see you tomorrow. Like, I'll, maybe I'll call you or I'll drive you to your room after this. But for these, this, the rest of this practice and whatever we have, film or whatever, like you, you're done. So that's kind of how that. And then, was. and then, did you have to call somebody? Did they call you? How did it work? Yeah, they, they back? Or you just show up the next day like nothing happened. No, nah, no, nah, they would call you. You would have a meeting or a talk with coach before practice the next day for sure. Does he, what else is like, what else do we not know? Like, does he ever come in and he doesn't look like completely put together? <laughs> nah, Coach, Coach J Dub always GQJ, man. He always smooth. So, you know, you never catch him slipping like that. 
I mean, I mean, pretty much what you guys see on TV. Is it, I mean, he's legit. He's a legit dude, man. Nothing's phony. Nothing's made up. Um, nothing's for TV. You know, everything is just about the program. Man. I, I, I really, really enjoy my time playing for Coach Wrighton. Like I say, we have a we have a great relationship to this day. You know, that's my guy. He always he looks out for all of his players. And I think that's what makes him a great person as well is every single person that's played for him. He, he, he wants what's best for them. and He'll do whatever he can for them. And it's interesting that you work with Pat, Pat Chambers, right? Right. Because right. Pat is now Pat's hardcore now. Right. And he mm-hmm. but, but so, some of that, some of that wasn't as well received by some at Penn State. Uh, right. What are you? It used you, you stood by him like he's your 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 guy. What's what's Pat Chambers really like to play for? No, I mean, listen, man, Pat Chambers, he recruited the heck out of me when I was coming out of school to try to go to Penn State. It was just a tough situation, you know. But uh man, I love Coach Chambers, man. He he's taking time to to help me, to speak to me, to make sure that my mind is good, my body's good. He takes time to to work me out. So wait, wait, wait. So you didn't play for him. Not a minute. I didn't play for him. Not one minute. I know. I just want people to understand that. You didn't play for him for one minute in college. And yet here he is as an assistant at another school in Philly working you out. Right. Right? Kind of speaks to the type of dude, you know, and 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 the connection that you guys had when he recruited you. No, absolutely, man. And the Villanova family. Like, I get that, too. Yeah. And one thing, another thing is um, one of Pat's chambers, uh, one of his longtime assistants, Ergo, yeah. um, is a Gonzaga graduate. So we had that connection as well. There's nothing like a great Gonzaga man. So, um, <laughs> like I said, I- I'm so appreciative of, of Coach Chambers, man. You can always tell somebody's heart. Um, it doesn't matter what they say. Um, you-, you see it through their actions and um, their willingness to help you. When, when things may be a little tough or things may not be ideal. So shout out to Coach Pat Chambers, man, and Coach Ash down in LaSalle for letting me use the facilities. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very appreciative and thankful. And trust me, when I get back to the point where I need to be, I'll never, ever, ever forget uh, the, these moments that he took for me because he didn't have to. He doesn't have to. Yeah, so um... – but what I remember, what I know about LaSalle, and I think it's still this way, right? There's in the summer, there's a there's a big workout and that that's where everybody goes to hoop in Philly, correct? Still is it yeah. still that way? Yeah, kinda in a sense. They they've been they've been kinda uh having a different different things there, like, you know, summer tournaments. They have the Danny Rump classic there almost every summer, which is like a big deal in, in Philadelphia basketball. A lot of the pros come back and play in that for the weekend. So uh, like you said, LaSalle is like one of those places that, you know, in the summertime, a lot of the Philadelphia pros or pros in the area, they kind of migrate to um, as far as. Did, like, did you did you guys lose any games in the Big Five in your time? I don't remember. Did, you guys you had a run where I don't think you. No, nah, we, we, we didn't lose any Big Five games and none of them that were one. below double digits. Wait, what? None of the Big Five games that we played in were closer than 10 points. They were all 10 point and above wins. That's crazy. So there is no, there has to be no shit talking from other big five dudes at pickup game. Right? Nah, nah, it, there ain't like, no like, shit. Like, like wait, wait, what? what? Well, right. <laughs> it wasn't within double digits. Like, we can't even right. have a conversation here. I was like, what else? 
Like that's great. But like if you went you went to LaSalle, you went to I mean, I guess you even throw a Drexel in there, right? Just to make them happy. Yeah. Or Penn or one of these one of these places. Yeah, and Temple. Like you they can't even there's no conversation they can have with you, right? Yeah, not nah, not about no big five action. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you a Philly guy though now? Like right, you're South Carolina into into uh in Prince William County. Now like are you which where is home? I said, where's your home? Where is it? I mean, home will always be PG County just because of what I felt like it did for me. But I do spend majority of my time in the Villanova area. Um, my mom, my grandfather and my sisters, my biological family, they recently just moved to Burlington, New Jersey. So I spend a lot of time going to see my grandfather and my family out there um, whenever I can. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in the Philadelphia area. Philadelphia Eagles fan, been a been a fan since '04. Um, yeah, man, I just felt like Philly. Philly is like my second home. So, are you a T.O. guy or are you a McNabb guy? I'm 1,000 percent a Terrell Owens guy. Terrell Owens is the reason why I love the Eagles and why I love football the way that I do. He and Randy Moss. Why didn't you play football? At Ocho. Why, why don't you keep playing football? You got like pretty perfect football body, great hands, body size. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't want people running into me at that speed or me running into them. Like I, some about it just didn't seem right to me. So I stopped uh, my ninth grade year. I didn't play tackle well, football after that. When you're done hooping, what do you want to do? Man. I feel like I could give you an answer. Like, I want to be a commentator. I want to be a broadcaster. I want to be a coach. I want to be this. I want to be that. But I feel like that's so surface level. Um, honestly, man, all, all I want to do in my life is just be a good dude. I want to be somebody that, you know, when people speak about them or people around them, they'd be like, you know what, man, that, he's just a great guy. And because all the other stuff I'll take care of. You know, that that's nothing that that nothing but a little bit of hard work. But every day I wake up, the first thing I want to do, man, the only thing I want to do really is just be a solid individual, a good person. Yeah, that's, a, that's an incredible way to look at to look at life uh, and kind of opportunities just kind of come that way. Um, if you were to if you were to speak to another kid who's in high school, got some family stuff and he's heavy. Right. And you, you know how much it changed your life. Right. To lose weight, what's the what's the couple of key things that you can tell a kid that will help him start that path without all the benefits you had of a great strength coach and a university helping you? I mean, the first thing I would I would tell him to do is just the first thing is drink a lot of water. You'd be surprised how much weight you lose by just drinking water, and that so that'd be the first thing. And then the second thing I would tell him as far as eating is just. Portion control. You don't have to eat all your food in one setting. You know, you could eat some now and then come back. You could eat some now and save it until the next day. Um, your your objective when you eat is not to, to eat yourself to be full. And, and that's something that took me a long time to realize. Every time I ate up until a certain point, I, I wanted to feel full. And, you know, when you're a high level athlete, eating to your full is, is not it's not something that you should do. So those are probably some of the things that I would tell them just off rip, just, just in a casual conversation. You mentioned the Creighton game, your freshman year kind of changed how hard you had to work. Do you have, is there anything you tell yourself? Like you, everybody has those mornings where you get up like, bro, I do not want to do it today. Like I just don't. 
what, what is, how do you trick your mind? How do you, how did you get yourself to go to the gym during those times? Honestly, I, I, it's usually a phone call with my uncle, my uncle, Greg, who, uh, he, he's from Washington. He's from the Washington DC area from Trinidad. Um, ended up playing basketball a little bit and he didn't, he would tell you he didn't handle certain things the way that he should have. And that kind of derailed a lot of his things. Like my, see, my uncle was so good. He went to a little school called Claflin university. Nobody really ever heard of. And he still was able to get a workout with the Boston Celtics just off the strength of how good he was individually, no agent, no nothing. So uh, I just have a conversation with my uncle and he, and he, and he just tell me like, look, you don't want to have old glory stories. You don't want to be the guy that's sitting at the, on it with the beard talking about how good he used to be in high school and college. Coach, coach screwed him. My coach screwed me. That's the all, right? Coach, teacher, somebody screwed him, right? Mm-hmm. But no, he really, it's, it's you, it's you screw yourself because you didn't get up and go do the work. Exactly. So that, that kind of adds to my motivation. My mom, you know, cause my mom gets up, she, she's, she's been a hardworking woman her whole life. So speaking my mom, seeing my mom, um, that that all gives me motivation to just think that you know what, like yeah, it may be tough right now. You may not be where you want to be right now, but there's better days ahead. Just keep your head down, keep grinding. Yeah, somebody's I'm gonna say to you, which I hope you take it in the right and where it comes from a, a total positive place, which is, um, you. It's kind of where we started, which is you did something really no one else has ever done, and so. Obviously, you have. I love the idea. I just want to be a good dude every day, and you you want to keep getting better every day. But I would beg of you to never run from the you hit that one shot. Right? It's like the it's like the band. Like, oh, you're a one hit wonder. Like, you know how many bands never have a hit? Right? right. And oh yeah, by the way, you were a great player. It wasn't like you were a bum who hit a shot who comes in off the bench because everybody else got hurt and got foul trouble, and then you hit a lucky shot. Right. Wasn't one of those deals. It was you're a really good player. And then you did what you're supposed to do at the at the optimal time. And your team won because of it. But like I, I would for the rest of your life embrace the fact that, yeah, I if, if if that's all you remember me for, even though there's a lot more to me, that's something that no one else can say. Like you can literally walk into the biggest ring in the country with all the greatest basketball players. In Not one person in this gym did what you did. Think about that. That's unbelievable. It's like the Doug Flutie thing. Like Doug Flutie, dudes would tease him for years about being a one pass one, right? He went and played in the CFL and the NFL, whatever, but he's forever known for the one pass he threw. And, and, you know, he won a Heisman Trophy and a bunch of other things. Like, you know what? That one pass, no one else did that shit. (laughs) See, yeah, I never looked at it like that and because I always wanted to I, I never wanted to just stop and think about that because if I did that, then I knew that I wouldn't be working towards the other things that I needed. But now that you put it in a, in a way like that, uh, it makes, it makes a little bit more sense to me. <laughs> okay. So um, you mentioned how much Daniel sweated. Okay. Right. Okay. How smart Jalen is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me something about arch that nobody knows. I mean, the guy, I mean, I'm going to just try to say it like this. He's a four-year captain at Villanova. He's a senior. He's hit numerous game winners for us before. 
So for him to be a senior with the ball in his hands, his very last game at Villanova, where both of his parents went, his very last and game. His brother goes now, right? His, his brother goes now. Very, very last game of him wearing a Villanova University jersey. He was so unselfish and turned down a good shot for a wide open shot. And that I think that just that sums it up about Arch as a person right there. And that's why you guys were who you were. That's why you won so much. Because you are who your best player is, right? Exactly. That's, especially senior basketball. Yeah. Senior captain. I, I know endless senior captains that's like, nah, this is my moment. I'm shooting that. Whether I'm triple teamed or not. We, I mean, I'm pretty sure you know a couple guys that it, when y'all were in school, like, there's no way he's passing this. I don't care if the guy's standing over there by himself. But for Arch to, to, to be that kind of player, to be that kind of person – I mean, I, that, that says everything that needs to be said right there. Get healthy. I can't wait to see the NFT. Uh, how can somebody, how can somebody uh, see it and follow you so that they can, that they can bid on it? For you can follow me on Twitter. You can just search my name, Chris Jenkins, on Twitter and Instagram. It'll both pop up. And uh, the link to my NFT is in both of the bios on Instagram and Twitter. So you can just click the link directly in my bio and and start the live bidding if you you would like to. Everything is appreciated. So it's one of one and and national championship game tickets included. Yep. A lot, a lot of stuff come with it. And the NFT collection is dropping February 12th, in which we partnered with the Withium College Watch Party. So that's another thing that we're doing. And we're, and we're giving back in the process of doing all of this. Amazing. Amazing stuff. All right. Keep me updated on, on, on where you decide to go. And thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you. I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to want to speak to me. And go Cats, man. Ooh, it was really good, really good and informative. And obviously, like I'm still kind of learning what the NFT thing is, but the idea of a one of one of his game winning shot sounds pretty dope. That part I do understand right in the in the metaverse. If you have one portrait of one shot, that's the greatest shot in college basketball history. All right. That part, at least I get the rest of the metaverse. I'm not sure I truly understand. Anyway, that was that was a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, the Doug Gottlieb show is daily three to six Eastern, 12 to three Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Or, of course, you can download wherever you download this podcast. By the way, you should go back and listen. There's so many talented guys. But listen to part one uh, of Chris Jenkins. I thought, what a great representative of Villanova and an explanation for what makes Villanova so special. What's made them just a dominant program over the last decade in college hoops makes 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 you understand what has allowed Jay Wright to become a Hall of Fame basketball coach. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is all ball.